Hi, welcome to the Pirate Parent Podcast. This is your host, Jen McClure. Today's episode is being brought to you from Orlando, Florida, live from the Leader in Me Global Summit. This is a field recording, so I want to apologize in advance for the quality of the audio, but we wanted to bring you some of the great things we're learning from this venue. Please enjoy. Today, we are coming in live from Orlando, Florida, people. And you're probably wondering, is it snowing here? It is not. It's about 740 degrees. And we are here, for, and when I say we, I'll explain who that is in just a few minutes. But um, we are here for a conference on Leader and Me. And um, we decided we were going to do a field podcast today. So we're going to share some exciting stuff from the Leader and Me conference that hopefully gets you as excited. There's no way you can be as excited as we were by attending because it was so cool to be there live um, and really see all the great things that are happening around the world. This happened to be a global conference, which means there were people from all over the country as well as across the globe. So presenters from China, presenters from India, presenters from uh, Jamaica, Bahamas, Philippines. They had some amazing opportunities to share their idea of what education is um, through the Leader in Me lens, which was super nice. Okay, so I'm going to introduce my my co-travelers today. I'd like you to welcome. And so that was really difficult for me. Uh, that's been hard for me in my adult life to find those resources and take the um, acts or actions that I need to take to do certain things. So RNI stands for resources and initiative. And so, um, and what that means is you don't just solve a problem, you just make it happen. So you do whatever you have to do to um, essentially get the results that you want. And so today, Chris McChesney, he talked about how he read Stephen Covey's book, and he was like, oh, I need to work for this guy. How do, I, how do I get a job with him? And so he decided he would dress up and be a reporter. And so he went in to wherever Stephen Covey's office is, I suppose, or work. And he said, I need to interview Stephen Covey. And they said, oh, well, you can't do that. But here is the manager of the office. And so he sits down and interviews the manager of the office. And he's like, oh, and by the way, I need an internship for college. So could you give that to me? And so they said, sure. So he worked at this internship for six months or whatever, and they found out, well, he wasn't really a news reporter or a newspaper reporter, and he didn't really need the internship. So they needed to hire him to make things legal. So they said, well, we don't really have a spot for you, but we'll hire you um, for not a whole lot of money back then. And um, so he said, sure, sign me up. And I thought it was also interesting that they had brought up the leader... You, which is kind of the university level of the leader in me, mm-hmm. because people are very highly qualified for jobs in the way of um, academics. Academically, they're very highly qualified for jobs, but then they get to the workplace and they don't know how to problem solve and they don't know how to work with others. And I thought that was really interesting that we're trying to instill this in a really a lower level, mm-hmm. but building on it. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, I know someone who works for one of the big companies around here at Cerner, mm-hmm. and um, he is a hiring manager for them for their tech department, and he said that a lot of the time he can teach the skills that they need 
they, I mean, they have to come in with some skills, but he can teach overall like the skills they need for their job. He's looking for people who can be innovative and who can work with others and who can bring ideas to the table and communicate their ideas and, um, you know, have those conversations and that people that almost that's what they're looking for is someone who can be a contributing member to their team first and then looking for someone who can bring the skills next. For sure. So the thing that I thought was an interesting component um, for this process or through the day was really the focus they had on um, what's wildly important to Mm -hmm. you and then how to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So I went to probably three or four breakout sessions that that theme was kind of woven in there. Mm -hmm. And we talk about wigs at Seagrist and I know Pathfinder does as well. A lot of leader in me schools mention wigs, which is a wildly important goal. And the idea behind a, a wig is that you pick something that you're really has a benefit and a focus for you. And then you decide what you want to accomplish with that. But really the secret sauce is that middle part. What am I going to do between now and then? So, um, you know, you guys heard me talk about carbs last week on the podcast and my super duper friends here have been watching me stress out about what to eat the whole time I've been here. Uh, But the reality of it is, is that before I would always say, man, I really wish I weighed X, you know, pounds. Mm -hmm. And I just, I guess thought that was going to happen magically by wishing and dreaming for it. I mean, we are in the land of Disney right now. So that could happen someplace. Dreams do come true. It does. They come true here. (laughs) But not in Kansas City when it comes to weight loss. Just wishing and dreaming for it wasn't good enough. And so I think um, the idea was that really that's nice to say that out loud and to say I want to weigh X number of pounds by Christmas. But the reality of it is, is that if I do nothing other than those two things, nothing's going to happen. The real secret sauce comes from what am I doing between today and Christmas that is going to change that result. Mm-hmm. So it's the action steps mm-hmm. or what we call as lead measures and, and lag measures, which teachers really, that's kind of back end language we may or may not be using with kids. So you may not hear those words, but they're really just about what is, what's the secret sauce to making things happen. And I thought that was interwoven through this whole process and I thought I can apply this to teachers I can apply this to myself personally I can apply it for my boys when they talk about what they want to accomplish in life I can talk to um, students at Seagrest about this Um, teachers are working with kids about that so that's going to be something I try to really remain focused on throughout the rest of this year and um, there were a couple of schools across the country that I thought do a really nice job with that And, you know, one of the things that jumped out to me was that when you make a connection with somebody, you mentioned Ashley earlier about collaborating with new people. And when you sit in a session where you're like, man, that school has, um, I bet the kids love walking through the doors there. Then you're like, okay, I want to, I want our kids to be talking to those kids through Google Hangouts. I want our kids to be working with those kids someday at Cerner or (laughs) some other place where they get a chance to enjoy each other's genius. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty cool as well. Very cool. I agree. Did you guys have anything with wigs that you thought were, you know, that jumped out at you besides just the presentations about how, I saw presentations about tracking and I saw some presentations about some of those other things, but um, you mentioned uh, that the keynote speaker um, the other day, Ashley had mentioned, one of his big things was, Mm -hmm about wigs really, but he didn't call them necessarily wigs. He was just talking about, um, you know, really drowning out um, the stuff that doesn't matter. And I think we're all pretty consumed with 
um, just a day. You know, if you think about your day, things, Mm -hmm. it's lunch counts. It's Mm -hmm. uh, making sure all your kids come in off the playground. Mm -hmm. It's making sure all your kids come back from the bathroom. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, these little things can just eat up a teacher and, you know, me answering voicemail, checking my emails, making sure, but maybe those, those really have very little impact on the success Mm -hmm. of kids. And that if we don't continue to focus on the things that are really important, then those other things um, really don't have a big, you could spend 90% of your time that really have 10% of impact on results. Two very wonderful teachers at Seagrest Elementary, and I'll explain why we're together. Um, But first of all, please um, join me in welcoming Mr. Matt Wick, first grade teacher. Hey. And also Miss Ashley Snyder Richardson. Hey there. She is a first, going to be a first grade teacher this coming year, was a second grade teacher last year. And um, I think if you listen to Alicia Wilson's podcast, she made the comment about um, the dreaded move from one grade level to the other because of change in class sizes. And Ashley mm-hmm. was very quick to jump up and uh, volunteer to move and um, get a chance to experience kids from uh, first grade to second grade transition, which is going to be awesome. It's going to give us a great opportunity. I'm excited. Yeah, well, it's great to have you guys here. Thank you. Well, I am going to, first of all, start off by saying that um, the reason that Ashley and Matt are here with me today is because um, they are both Lighthouse team members, which is the governing body of our staff to help make sure that our journey and leader and me is going in the right direction. And that's made up of 10 other um, teachers, uh, other support staff, just people on our staff that are instrumental in making sure things run smoothly in our school. And two of them, these two here, happen to be ones that are focused on an event that we call the Family Challenge at Seagrist. And they have worked on refining, implementing, and really making the Family Challenge a good experience for some of our families. About Um, six to eight months ago, we were invited to, um, present and and accepted to present at a regional symposium on this topic. And it was very well received and they were so kind to encourage us to um, put an application to present globally. And we were accepted. Yay. So, um, we, uh, the district was very generous and, um, you know, making sure that we had the opportunity to do that and represent Platte County School District mm-hmm. globally, which doesn't happen very often. So it's been a really wonderful um, opportunity and we're very thankful for that. Um, so anyway, that's what brought us to this point today and that's why we are here. But the side benefit of it is being getting a chance to be at the Leader in Me um, Global mm-hmm. Symposium. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do today is first of all, we're going to each share our Pirate Pride moment and um, I'll start off so that these two beautiful human beings can be thinking. Um, I am going to say that my Pirate Pride moment was um, when I got a call from my friend Matt Wick at 7 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to remind me that we were I was supposed to pick them up <clears throat> in for this conference. <laughs> But I was just um, not prepared to leave at the time, just gotten out of bed because my clock did not move forward. (laughs) But he was so gentle and sweet about it. And he, to be honest with you, Matt was um, a true, like, he's what you would call a really good friend and colleague. So he just said, oh, yes, I, yes, no, take your time, get ready. But he's probably (laughs) freaking out about it. But it just reminded me that sometimes when you have um, 
bumps in the road with your colleagues that um, there's always a, that special person there to kind of catch you when you fall and it gives you that grace you need. So thank you, Mr. Whip. Oh, no problem. And it all worked out. We got there on time and yeah. I mean, everything was good. It was really I, great. I looked really prepared with wet hair. Yeah. yeah I mean, and it was realistic. Yeah. It was Florida hair. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not realistic for every day, but, <laughs> but it was, it was life. That's yeah. how it happens. So. Well, I think that my pirate pride moment, and this one might be kind of boring, but um, for me, it was exciting because I got the chance to participate in curriculum camp for the first time ever. And so just being with other first grade teachers who I don't normally get the chance to plan with and talk to and being able to kind of dive deeper into what we're going to implement in the year to come and changing things around and seeing what we liked and didn't like. And I feel like we actually accomplished quite a bit. We really felt very successful at the end of our four-day camp, and um, I just liked it a lot better than I really anticipated liking it. So I was very surprised and very happy about that. Oh boy, my pirate pride moment. I have a couple here, but I'll just um, pick one. I feel really grateful that um, the new team that I'm getting ready to come on to for this year has been really gracious and welcomed me and really um, just full of kindness. But also my old team, my second grade team, is also kind of keeping me um, kind of wrangled into. They just didn't totally cut me loose. So I just feel like I'm still part of a much bigger family um, of close-knit people. That's fantastic. I don't, when you go to events like this, do you guys feel like um, a different energy when you're around other, when you go to a conference? Because I think most of our listeners out there are probably parents and, and maybe other educators. And, but, you know, most of the year we're spending like really trying to just in that chaotic phase of trying to make things work in our schools. And um, I always go to these conferences and it just like ignites some sort of fire. How do you guys feel when you're, participating in these kinds of events. Oh yeah, I definitely feel like it just really motivated me and gave me that additional push. Like I w- I'm still not ready for summer to be over, but I feel like I'm more ready mm-hmm. for, you know, cause I really want to implement some new things and I'm just kind of pumped up for the year to come. Kind of like you said, like it ignited a fire. So Absolutely. I feel like it was really helpful in that way. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely leaving inspired and um, ignited to start the year. We've also, uh, we made some new friends while we're here. So we're already Facebook friends with some new people. So I'm excited to see what that connection can also bring to not only us personally, but also that connection with our lighthouse and with our school and um, what ideas they have and what we can share. So just that, that networking is also really exciting. And it was so cool to see some like leader and me famous people like famous oh, yeah. educators yeah okay so we had some famous people sightings and um little famous caveat. for us yeah. famous. Little, yeah. little caveat i don't know if this is going to out us as being people who are really boring or not but my son would say like famous people are athletes that he sees um my other son would recognize obviously movie stars and that's who my like my mom would say is a famous person who would you say is a famous person in education Oh, I mean, one of the famous ones, uh, two, I don't want to take anyone else's answer, but two of the famous people we saw um, was first off Sean Covey, who's the son of Stephen Covey, and um, take kind of taken charge of the Leader in Me program as it is now. And then we also saw Muriel Summers, who was kind of the first educator to really implement the Leader, 
like the seven habits program in younger kids like below the teenage level mm-hmm. yeah. well i have to tell you i've got some pictures if anybody needs any um like serious um ammo against these two people <laughs> but they were starstruck and i'm and i was too and we all got our chance to kind of get our picture taken with people that we kind of idolize in oh, education we were also interviewed by um the weekly the leader me weekly guy oh What's right his name Right. Well, we'll have to... Goob. Yeah. We, Goob. Goob. Yes. Goob was there. You're right. Goob the bear. Yep. So ask your kids this next school year about Goob because mm-hmm. there will be some really good videos coming out this year from Leader and Me uh, featuring Goob. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not 100% confident, but I'm feeling like some of the videos that our teachers will see might be featuring Ashley Snyder Richardson and Matt Wick because they were being um, interviewed by... Some, you know, they looked like they're on a newscast, really. They're, they're my superstars now. They're my <laughs> heroes. It's really professional. Yep, yep. Okay, so what we're going to do is, like, let's talk about when you go to a conference, you go to, uh, for those people who are not in education, educators go to conferences to get more information. And so, because we like to be, um, uh, get the most bang for our buck and efficient, there's usually a bazillion breakout sessions you have to pick one of the ones that looks interesting to you. You go to that breakout session. You hear for 50 minutes about opportunities. You get your education. You get um, exposure to new ideas, that sort of thing. And then five seconds later, you're on to your next breakout session. That goes over a couple of days. So you have, I leave with like my brain full of information. Mm-hmm. But you always leave kind of thinking, okay, that's one thing I'm going to do when I come back. Or that's something I want to make sure stays alive in me um, as an educator in this coming school year. Do you guys want to share what your moment was? One thing that I took away um, was when Ruth Ignacio from the Philippines spoke and she opened Mary Woods Academy in the Philippines, which ended up becoming the first official lighthouse school in the Philippines. And she talked about her son and how her sons and two daughters also went to this school and one of her son's quotes was, the future holds what you give it. And a lot of the examples that she showcased from the students at her school were all about service and not necessarily about scores. And I think when a lot of people think about teaching and education, they think on the academic side and they think more about, you know, like how are they doing on reading or writing or math. But I don't think any of the breakout sessions that I went to and any of the keynote speakers really talked about, you know, here are our school's math scores from the last year because that's not what this conference was mm-hmm. about. It was all about the leader in me is all about building and developing the whole child. Like our school was focused on last year, especially and this year we chose to make that our focus again. And so all the examples that I that I saw were about service and giving back to the community and how their school is tying into doing more than just building, you know, kids who can regurgitate facts back to you, but kids who can kind of support themselves and be balanced individuals. You know, I'm going to copy that just a little bit, not for my moment, but just to kind of piggyback on that. Did you notice from the other, I, at least I did from the other countries, especially outside of the United States, there was a huge focus on environment, mm-hmm. um, on their impact on the world, global footprint, not just digitally, but mm-hmm. really how they could um, impact 
um, innovation and excitement. And that was kind of interesting to me because I doubt if they all got together and said, hey, let's, you know, let's make sure that this is a focus. But in China and in the Philippines and in um, India, their focus really was about, and they were using a lot of research from Harvard, but it really was about, you know, how do we impact um, the world? How do we keep our oceans clean? How do we um, protect the um, environment? How do we impact um, technology so that it's beneficial to uh, the human race in 20 years rather than harmful. So I thought that was very interesting that I, I definitely got that flavor from the, the international yes. representatives. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think they also had a really big, heavy um, psychology background. And so they probably under, you know, understand that process and how much they can change the world. Did anybody else like I one of the speakers um, and I will if anybody wants information on any of the speakers that were there, um, I know I will butcher names if we're talking about it, but um, I'll just call her by her first name. Anjum uh, spoke on the second day and or maybe it was the first day. Maybe it was the first day. And she I, I was just sitting there like a puppy dog listening to the amount of time and effort and research that she put into educating children. It isn't just wake up in the morning and show up at work and love them with your whole heart and then life happens. Mm-hmm. Her job as a leader was about enrolling classes at Harvard and making sure that she was um, really fully aware of the bigger picture, definitely a much more global perspective. I felt like an underachiever for sure. I was writing down all the things that <laughs> yeah. I hadn't accomplished in my life, but it was super impressive and I thought that was fun to, to listen to. Yeah, it was really inspiring to want to, you know, just get out there and do more for myself, but also, you know, for all the people I'm around, for my colleagues, for the kids that I teach. So it was definitely nice to see that that our focus shouldn't necessarily just be on what my what is my reading level, and it should be more on developing people as people. Is anybody at home like clapping right now, like slow clap? Yes. <laughs> It's about time. We're not just sitting around looking at the reading levels. My kid's going to get a job someday. That's what I hope because that's what we're all thinking too. We're all thinking, yes, we want the reading levels to go up so they're employable. Um, But really, we are creating kids who are going to go to the workforce. So, Ashley, what was your your aha? My aha was the Sean Covey, the first day, talked about R&I. And I think this really, and I'll let you know what that means in a minute, but I think that resonates with me because I was kind of brought up that I was um, given a lot of things. So I didn't have to do a whole lot for myself. And so when I became an adult, that that was hard for me. I was always told where to go, what time to be there, how to do this. And, um, in that, so I, I've struggled with that in my adult life, not have, um, knowing necessarily where to get the resources to do certain things. I ended up becoming the author of the 4DX book. And so he was really interesting to listen to. But that R&I, I think, is probably what uh, resonated with me the most. And that I need to start instilling that into my students and my own children for that fact. I know. I know. I've got two high schoolers now. Mm-hmm. One's going into high school this year and then one's going to be a junior. And I think most of the parents, when I'm sitting around talking with kids of, you know, parents of kids my age, we all talk about, it seems like over and over again, about how so many things are handed to our kids and they don't have the initiative to problem solve. They don't have the initiative to, um, 
to make things happen for themselves, they're not really sure how to go about it, has probably a lot to do with technology, probably has a lot to do with the fact that we're all busy and we're doing things for our kids. I'm the most guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes we've disabled our kids for that very thing. So, oh, speaking of kids, there's Alex McClure and his buddies just walked in from the Universal <laughs> Studios. Hi, gentlemen. Hello. Uh, All right, there you have it. Um, they're getting the stink eye for me to like try and keep it quiet. So live podcast, so we'll try to do it right. Um, so basically, I felt like our kids came in with this um, disability, so to speak, of being able to make things happen for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that story, I think, was a great example great. of how people probably had to be really useful yes. a long time ago, and we've lost that skill. Yes. Um, resourceful, maybe, mm-hmm. is a better word. Mm-hmm. Like. I want a job for Stephen Covey. I'm going to make myself get a job for Stephen Covey. I'm not going to put in my application on an online and then just sit back and then be really upset when nothing happens. So that was the part that I thought was really cool. Okay. Kids listening. Yes, we don't approve of lying. You probably should misrepresent yourself in an interview. All of those things. But the point of it was that the guy was super resourceful sure. and was like, I want something. I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. How am I going to get in the door? How am I going to... It's like every fantastic movie mm-hmm. you've ever seen where yes. somebody's successful. They, they have to be resourceful. Right. It's almost like not taking no for an answer, but in a good way. Like, uh, no, but then you go think of another way to get the yes, but in a good situation. It's like that resourcefulness has to almost come from within yourself. Like I circled, change starts with me pretty much on every page of my notes from this conference because a lot of the main key ideas was that change begins with me. And if you want to be more resourceful or to go out and have something happen, sometimes, most of the time, you're, if you're going to be your biggest advocate for doing that and you need to be the one who kind of gets it started. And that kind of starts with habit one, being proactive and being in charge of you. And so having that more north some kids might not think that they have that resourcefulness in them, but we, you know, need to let them know they really do and they can take the initiative and they can have those resources and they usually have most of that within them. Sometimes they might need a little help, but they got to get it going first. I also went to some breakouts about wigs as well and some of the schools that were, other schools that were presenting. Their one missing piece they had from the 4DX of a wig was um, the accountability portion. They said they were awesome at making goals, they were awesome at tracking goals, they knew how to make an action step. But what that, that one really important piece they found out was being accountable and checking in with kids once, sometimes once a week or sometimes every day. And even if it was a whole class lesson, looking at their scoreboard, how are you doing? And then the kids were stepping up and they were like, oh yeah, I'll be their buddy to help them because they are struggling or um, I think this will be my new, um, and you know, they're, when they're reaching their goals, they're making new goals. And, um, I thought that was really interesting that they all kind of struggled with that one piece. And I think that's a struggle because we first kids feel kind of vulnerable when they're talking to somebody else about their goal. And if they're not doing well, then that's kind of a, um, that's, that's being very vulnerable, but it also teaches them to be brave and being vulnerable is, is an okay place to be as long as you've created a, a safe climate and culture in your classroom. Mm -hmm. In one of the sessions that I went to, they also talked about when discussing the child's wigs with them, how it should really be 10% of the 
the teacher should be talking 10% of the time and the child should be talking mm-hmm. about 90% of the time. And I think that's something that's a kind of a big shift for a lot of people because mm-hmm. there's a, there are a lot of kids who, you know, we, we know where they are and we know where we would like them to be by the end of the year. But if they, they should be the ones setting their own wig without so much guidance from us. It should really come from them because, I mean, they're the one who it's, who it's affecting the most and they're the one who should be deciding about themselves. And so that was one thing that I really liked about the wig discussion was that even like in the listening part and the coming up with the wig part and the engagement piece and even the accountability piece, it should be the child mostly taking control of it for themselves so that it's more personal and so they feel more motivated by it Mm -hmm. than if I were to just say, here's what your goal is for this four weeks. Mm. Well, I got to be honest, you're the first expert in this room right now. How do you feel (laughs) about, you know, your first graders being able to do that? Does it make you nervous or is there a training process? I think that it just, I think it just involves a lot of modeling at, at the beginning, especially. And it might be more guided than I would like at the beginning of the year because, you know, they're still getting used to first grade and coming in. They're more like kindergartners at that point. But, you know, when I have my own goal and I have my own scoreboard and I always have my class as my accountability partners mm-hmm. so they know if I'm, you know, last last year my one of my goals was to not eat sweets. And so anytime <laughs> someone came in and they said, Mr. Wick, it's my birthday, here's a cookie. I had, you know, three or four kids who said, oh, Mr. Wick, you can't eat that. You're like, you're, you're not allowed to have that. That's like, that's, <laughs> that's one, of your, one of your yeah. goals is to not eat sweets. And so, um, you know, I think just me modeling that I'm also trying to achieve my goal and that I have a goal and talking with them about it is a good way to model so that they can also, you know, kind of pick their own goals. And they, they know that it's something that means a lot to me that I'm working on. And that's normal and that they also have things that they want to work on that are just a little bit different. I was going to jump in and say that 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 was another piece of like aha moment for me is that we don't model enough of what we need. And I think the excuse is always time because that's the famous excuse in education time. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do too much stuff, too little time. Right. And so um, we don't model enough of this for our kids. And so there are videos out there, but I did find a, I like some inspiration from, um, I, I don't know which speaker it was now and I'll have to go back and try to figure it out. But, um, one of the keynote speakers, and I think it was Sean Covey who said, um, that, you know, he had to put himself out there and be vulnerable and take some risks on things that were difficult for him. He, he was talking about his relationship with his son and about how he didn't want to just tell him what to do, that he, he wanted to listen and understand what he wanted and then help him find a way to make those things happen. And um, I had an aha moment where I thought, you know, I have a goal, a personal and a professional goal every single year. It's kind of a secret. I mean, Callie and I both post our goals. A lot of our teachers post Mm -hmm. their personal goals and their, um, you know, professional goals. And like Mr. Wick said, you know, you've got kids that are back there going, don't eat that cookie. But (laughs) maybe we need to be modeling the conversation. So maybe at our assemblies this coming year, now somebody's going to hold me to this. So if you're listening, hold me to it. (laughs) But at our assemblies this year, maybe I have a student accountability partner, some brave, fantastic student out there. If you're listening, you can be my accountability partner where we model that conversation so that when kids go back, just every single time we have an assembly, 
uh, there's a check-in on my goal and we model that conversation and vice versa so that our kids can see that happening and they know that that's and we can all celebrate together and do what we need to so I know that was my aha moment did you guys have anything where you left and you were like I'm gonna do that when I get back if I don't do anything else this is what I'm doing I think mine goes along with the wigs in that conversation. We went to a breakout where they, because I think that um, as teachers, we're like, yeah, we can help kids make goals. And I think we think, oh, that's going to be the hard part is them um, working towards their goal. But I think that really what we struggle with is what are these conversations going to look like with our kids when we have these conversations about their goal? And so Matt and I left one of the sessions with all of these, quite like a conversation starter essentially for your um, for your wigs. And so how perfect is that for teachers to just have that in front of you? Here's the process that you do. First, you're going to have to take a peek at the kid's goal. You're going to have to review the data and then you can start that conversation. And will it take, I mean, it could take as little as three minutes per kid. And that's really not a lot of time when you think about it. And if you think, if you set aside Wednesday, you're going to do wig Wednesdays. So that means every kid, or you're going to try and meet with every kid on Wednesday about their wig. Does that mean something might have to be left off? Well, maybe, but we're talking about one day for maybe 40 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, you're losing all of this instruction time. Um, and when you'll see the big benefits of them tracking their goal and seeing them successful in their academics or their personal goals, um, I think it's going to be the biggest bang for your buck. And if setting goals and you know, celebrating these goals and the action steps to take to achieving them is a really important to us as a school, then it should be okay for us to take that time every once in a while, once a week or however often um, to do that. Because if we don't model, again, that it's something that's important to us, then how can we expect it to be important to the kids that we teach? Because they, they you know, they they see us do it and so that will be more impactful for them I think and again from that same from that same breakout session I remember one of the speakers said that when you're coaching especially when it comes to creating wigs and she says think of it like a baseball coach a baseball coach is coaching and giving pointers and giving tips but when it comes to playing the game the player is out on the field the coach is not out on the field so it's really about giving that player what they need so that they can go out and do it themselves and then they come back and you kind of talk about it together and you work on some pointers and then they go back out again and it's the teacher taking a step back and they're not completely in charge of that because it's not their it's not their wig mm -hmm. so that was one thing that i really mm -hmm. that i really liked from that session Okay, shameless plug. I'm going to let Matt take it away from here, but Family Challenge, the whole purpose we came uh, to this conference was to present on the Family Challenge, and not all of our families maybe understand what that is, so uh, Mr. Wick, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, um, we actually had a really awesome session that um, a lot of people are very interested in, so we were really happy about that, and it went really well. Um, the Family Challenge is just a way for us to include families at Seagrist who maybe don't know as much about the seven habits or want to come together stronger as a family or want to just be more involved, um, which hopefully everyone does. And um, this year we're gonna start in the month of October. So be looking for an email to come out somewhere in October from Dr. McClure 
and it's just going to ask if you are available to participate in the challenge, if you're interested in participating. We do have the celebration at the end of April every year, so it'll be on probably the last Sunday in April, I believe, this year. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just ask if you're available that day, and it's just a way for you, you and your family to just kind of grow closer together and have time to take that time to sit down and to really, you know, rehash what is important to each family member as well as your whole family together and just kind of establish, you know, that that family first mentality and how that should be, that should supersede some of the other small things that we talked about earlier, like that whirlwind of other things that just go on in the day. But this is like a big rock that should be important. And we, during our presentation today, when we presented, we had the group do one of the lessons from the Family Challenge. And it was very interesting and excited and exciting to see um, the way that people were engaged. They were talking to strangers and they, their body language, they were fully listening to the, to the person that was talking and they were smiling. And they, um, at the end, we kind of asked them what, how that felt to, the lesson was on truly listening or listening with intent. And, um, they said it felt really good. It was interesting that, you know, they don't always feel like they're being listened to or they don't, um, it's not as always as easy to do with a family member. So mm -hmm. it was interesting for them just to do five minutes of the lesson and to see a big impact that it had on them. Yeah, I thought it was really cool to see. And they had some ideas for us too, which was, mm -hmm. that's the nice part about going to conferences. Even though you're presenting an idea, we're a continuous improvement school district and we know yeah. that um, part of this process, this journey in Leader and Me is that there's no right or wrong. So we have to do what works for our kids and not just for our kids permanently, but for our kids right now. Mm -hmm. So what might work for Family Challenge last year may not right. work for this year. And so we got to tweak it and make it better right. each time. So I'm glad we have a team of teachers mm -hmm. that are really focused on that and shout out to them because they always make a great event for Absolutely. those families. And um, for those of you who don't know, again, um, you will have the opportunity to enroll um, in the family challenge and we're going to start a little later this year and give everybody from October till about March to finish it. So instead of having two semesters, we're going to do a little bit wider span to see if that um, is more comfortable for families to complete 20 activities. Um, one of the major activities is creating a mission statement for your family and figuring out how to live by that mission statement. And, um, you know, I would say 80% of our staff has participated in the challenge themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other 20% um, participated in some other form of PD with this. So we do have coaches that can help families um, as they're going through this process and will kind of be your partner mm -hmm. if you have questions. Um, so you're not out there on a limb by yourself. So I encourage you in October, if you're interested in taking part in this opportunity that you respond, we only have spots for 40 families. Um, each year. So before it was 20 families per semester, but I think we're going to expand it to 40 families a year. And um, which is, by the way, the same number. If you're not good at <laughs> However, the time frame's different. So, um, so the good news is, is that we're going to make sure that we try to get as many people as possible involved. So be on the lookout for that. Um, you guys, I'm super thankful that you, first of all, made this long, you walked all the way to Florida. I know. It was, it was so hard. It was a hard journey. It was. But we yeah. made it. And we, I mean, we lost all that weight on the walk here, so now we can just do whatever we want while we're here. All right. Bonus. I like it. <laughs> um, but they really have been a joy to be with, and I thank you guys for coming. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, 
we're excited for the next school year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm excited. So we'll be getting more information about Leader and Me, um, Seven Habits to You, so that you can help um, your children. You can talk about it at home and that it can become um, something that's influential in your lives there as well. So thank you guys again for being here. Thank Thank you. you. All right. It's a great day to be a pirate.